What's going on, Nerd Nation? It's your boy, Chris. We're back here with another episode of The Average Sports Nerds. I'm joined by my guys, as always, Alex Nix, Miles Davis. What's going on, fellas? What's going on, man? We got a lot of good sports updates, not just basketball this time. So it should be an interesting episode for y'all. Hey, what's going on, everybody? Back after a little break for me, but you know, I'm back ready and ready to talk about it. Definitely, definitely. We do have a big announcement here. We're going to be going live on YouTube and Twitch starting June 27th. It's going to be Sunday night, 8.30. Every Sunday night from then on, we're going to be going live. So if you're feeling the podcast, go ahead and check us out live. You can interact with us, communicate with us. It's just going to be a good time. We're going to be talking about every sport, mainly basketball right now, obviously, with the playoffs. But yeah, how are you guys feeling about that? Yeah, I'm, Super I'm excited, excited, man. Yeah. yeah. I'm excited. Um, just kind of new dynamic for this podcast. So I hope you guys tune in. It, it should be fun. Definitely, definitely. So be on the lookout for that. We'll, I'm sure we'll be talking about it more as that day approaches. So, yeah. But for this podcast, in this episode, Miles alluded to it at the beginning. We're going to be talking about a few different sports here to start off not just basketball. This has been a great week of sports, really weekend. I should say a lot of stuff going on, including the Euro 2020. That's a soccer tournament. I know it's kind of weird that it's the 2020 tournament, but I believe that's because it was supposed to happen last year. Yeah. And obviously COVID, all that stuff, but they're playing it now. A few games kicked off this weekend. Got to start with the unfortunate news. Christian Erickson, forward from Denmark he collapsed during the first game of the tournament it was a scary moment I'm glad to see that the reports are saying that he seems to be okay now he's in pretty good condition but yeah scary moment wanted to get you guys thoughts on that if you'd seen it yeah I saw it and um I, I wasn't sure what, exactly what happened but, you know I, I wasn't watching it live but you know I saw a bunch of stuff on Twitter and everybody was just, you know, freaking out. All the soccer people that I follow on Twitter were all just distraught. And, you know, a report came out, I think it was today, that he was actually, before he got, um, resusc- he, got he had to get resuscitated. So he, you know, his heart was stopped beating completely. Uh, so he was, you know, if they didn't, if the medical personnel didn't do a fantastic job, he, he would have died. So, you know, all kudos to them. They, they deserve all the credit in the world. They, you know, they saved his life. They brought him back to life pretty much from what I understand. You never want to see that, and you know his his career is probably over. But that's you know that's not the you know that's the least important thing. I'm sure he's worried about right now, and his family's worried about. So, Christian Eriksen is one of my favorite players to watch. Played for Tottenham for a while, and then he went to Inter Milan and just helped Inter win their first Italian league title in over ten years. So it's unfortunate for the for the sport, for the world game of of soccer or football, whatever wherever you are. But you know, I just kudos to all the all the medical personnel who who were really quick and and did a great job. Yeah, I mean that that's that's scary. Like you said they were able to give him CPR, get his heart beating again, which was great. And yeah, no one ever wants to see any pl- type of player get knocked out, get collapsed on the field or the court or wherever they may be playing at. So yeah, it's just a scary moment. Glad to hear that he's doing okay. Like Alex said, it, it's question it's up in the air if he'll be able to play again. Who knows? I I'm, I'm not sure uh, the extent of his health conditions as of right now. But yeah, I, I'm, I'm just glad he's okay because that, that's just scary. And 
you don't want to see that in sports. 100%. Just a terrible thing to see. But yeah, we can talk about some of the football that's actually being played out there. I guess I'll kick it to you, Alex, because you're more of the soccer guy, at least compared to me. I know Miles probably knows a little bit more about soccer than me as well. Just but bad. I'll kick it to you guys. What are your thoughts going in, really going into the tournament? There's only really been a few games played. Yeah, so initially I, I see the, the, the odds here, and I'm actually shocked that England has the same odds as France, simply because France is, you know, they won the World Cup in 2018. They have arguably the deepest the deepest squad in, in the tournament. They have world-class players at every single position from goalie to striker. It doesn't matter. Mbappe. Uh, some of the, Mbappe, you know, Mbappe. the young, the uh, yeah, the arguably not, I'm not going to say he's the best striker in the world because he's not right now. Uh, that's Robert Lewandowski for Austria, but, or Poland, I think actually. Um, yeah, Poland. Yeah. But I mean, he's up there. He's right. He's right there below him. They have two of the best defensive midfielders in the world with N'Golo Conte and Paul Pogba. They have, world-class defenders all over the place. They have one of the best goalies in the world. But, you know, so to see England with the same favorites or the same odds as them, it's very shocking to me. I think France is, they're going to win the tournament. They have never lost a game when N'Golo Conte and Paul Pogba have started together in the midfield. And I don't think that's going to happen again. Or I think that's going to continue to happen, I should say. Uh, I mean, England has a lot of young talent. Like they, they have, I think, one of the youngest rosters in the Euros. And they have a very, very bright future. They, they're probably going to be favorites to win World Cup if not next year or the year after the, the World Cup after that, because those all these young guys will be hitting their prime and all these young guys are really, really good. But like I said, I'm I'm shocked that they're they're they have the same odds as France right now. Yeah, man, it's just good. It's just exciting. Like so the way it works is there's six different groups, two and four of uh, four teams, two different teams, or the top two teams automatically move forward. And then I think that the top four of the six third place teams move forward based on their their points and their goals, uh, and their goals scored and goals allowed. So I feel bad for whoever there's three out of the four perennial powerhouses in world soccer are in there. France, Germany, and Portugal are all in group F. So they're all going to play each other. I just, honestly, I feel horrible for Hungary because they have to play three of the best teams in the world. You know, you only play three games for the group, for the group stage. So they're just going to get demolished by each one, but there's a lot of star power in this tournament. And a lot of people think the Euros are better than the world cup because not all these teams make it to the World Cup, and there's more talent in Europe than the rest of the world. So I'm excited for this, man. I just, I, I really, yeah, I think France is just so much better than the rest of the competition. Yeah, I, I would agree with a lot of what you said. Just based off of France winning the World Cup, I would take them winning this. Like you said, you mentioned it, Mbappe. He's, he's my guy in FIFA. PSG is my team when I play clubs. So I know that guy's a beast, and he's, he's young. He's hungry. I think he's going to be able to carry them again. I don't really know too many players on England, to be honest. So, yeah, like you said, it's surprising that they have the same odds. But, yeah, I don't, I don't know too much, but I'm going I'm to go with France in, the, in this. Yeah, just to, just to touch on what you said, he, I don't think Mbappe would carry them, per se, because they, they are absolutely loaded. They have Antoine Griezmann. They have um, uh, Kingsley Coleman. They have so, they have so many yeah. amazing attackers. Kareem Benzema, you know, one of the best strikers in the world for a very long time. So, Mbappe won't carry them, but if they're going to win, they're going to be, you know, play a huge, huge part in that. Yeah. Like when I say carry in soccer, like I don't like, like I don't mean like it's like, 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 like LeBron Kevin Durant. Yeah. Or you're like, <laughs> like LeBron carrying the team. But like, right. like then, then, then Mbappe, he scored in the World Cup. Uh, he, the yeah. He's, he was the youngest. Yeah. He was the youngest World Cup 
youngest kid or youngest person to win the World Cup and score in the World Cup. And yeah, it's just yeah. Yeah. Just based off of him doing stuff like that. I mean, that, that's just amazing. So mm-hmm. in, in, in a sense, like I feel like he'll be a part of like the scoring, whoever they may play if they are to reach the finals again. So I, I just think it'll be a, a big piece, obviously. And they have great, great players, like you mentioned, Griezmann. Yeah. And P- P- Pogba's on France too, correct? Yes. Yeah, he'll be he'll be in the midfield with N'Golo yeah. Conte and those they're, two they're, together. They're just yeah, they're stacked. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, for me, honestly, really don't know too much about a lot of the teams. I do know Mbappe, Pogba. I remember a lot of these guys from the last World Cup. I get a lot more into the international competition as opposed to the club teams. I don't know why that yeah. is. It just it's I guess confusing. it's easier to for me to yeah. follow. Yeah. Yeah, it's definitely more confusing for the clubs because they all have their own individual league. And then there's the Champions League or the Europa League. There's two different leagues where they all play against each other. And then to follow them throughout the season, it's 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 confusing if you don't already understand, for sure. And especially for us Americans, it's simple. You have the regular season and the playoffs for every single sport we have. So it's just, it's very simple yeah. compared to you know how, how they do it over there. But yeah. But yeah, yeah I mean, I, I would... Oh, no, go ahead. Yeah, I was just going to say, I, I never known how many games like any team, like any club team plays in like a given season, because I'm just like, yeah. they have so many competitions and different right. tournaments. It's, it's hard. It is hard to follow. It, it, really yeah. The like the, the top teams. So like the top six in England or or, you know, like, you know, Barcelona, Real Madrid, Bayern Munich, all these guys are the top teams in Italy, too. They all play like 30 or like around 30, 40 games in their domestic mm-hmm. leagues. And then they also play. The domestic tournaments, which they probably play about five, six, seven games in, depending on how deep they go. And then the, there's the Champions League where they play about, if they go all the way, they'll play about 10, 10, 12 games in the Champions League. So it's, so it's you pretty know, much year round. Like, it is. Yeah, it is. And especially for the guys who play in these international tournaments, because the, the, the regular season starts in August and then doesn't end until May. And then, you know, these yeah. international tournaments start in late June or July and last the entire month. And then before you know, you have two like at the end of it, you have two weeks until the, the season starts again. So it really yeah. is year round. Yeah. And these guys that make the international teams, like that, that's even more soccer for them compared to the mm-hmm. people that maybe on their clubs that don't get to play internationally. So yeah. Surprised they don't usually, get hurt more often, but yeah. You know, it's a, just a lot of running. <laughs> so yeah. I've seen some physical soccer though here and there. Oh so. yeah, yeah. Especially <laughs> in England. Oh yeah. Especially in England. Yeah. yeah. Yeah, definitely. I, I was seeing some physical play here in the Euros from what I was watching already. There's definitely been some head head button and some stuff yeah. going on. Man. It's I remember it's seeing intense. Messi get I remember seeing Messi get elbowed in the mouth and his his whole mouth was just leaking. I'm like, yeah, soccer. I mean, it's it's not as physical as most other sports, but you definitely can get roughed up in there for sure. Yeah. Yeah, and that you know, speaking of Messi, that reminds me that every year the Euros go on, the Copa America happens in South America too. So that that's happening right now as well. I, Brazil just played Venezuela a couple hours ago, and Neymar did his thing; he was fantastic. So every year, there's always going to be some kind of international play. Like we just saw the United States beat Mexico in whatever whatever that was. I don't even know what USA. competition that was. I think yeah. yes, I don't yeah, I, I don't know what it was, but. I was yeah. hyped. I was watching that one actually too. So yeah, so, always got to yeah. root for the hometown USA yeah. team. Definitely going to be on the lookout for whenever Brazil plays and Argentina plays because obviously yeah. they have some of the best teams in the world too. And um, so. yeah, to speak on did then Barcelona didn't they acquire Aguero? Did I? Did I they did, somewhere? but Aguero was he's pretty much washed at this point. You think so? <laughs> 
Yeah, he used yeah. to be. Yeah, he used to be one of my favorite strikers back, like when he's prime on Manchester City. He was. Yeah, amazing. he was great. He was, he he was, was the guy biting people, wasn't he? No, that nah, was not no, him. that was Suarez. That was, that was oh, Suarez. Suarez. Okay, okay. I was like, Suarez. I remember yeah. there was a dude out there that kept biting people. <laughs> yeah, he got, took a, he took a page out of Mike Tyson's book. Yeah, he was crazy. <laughs> but yeah, I mean, I guess I'll do it for the soccer talk. This episode but if you like that definitely let us know gonna try to do that a little bit more often talk about other sports like this next one the french open that's tennis if you don't know uh they wrapped up this weekend as well major news for me was novak djokovic won the french open after being down 2-0 in sets down two sets to love twice throughout the tournament including the final this morning against Stefanos Sissipas. Hopefully I'm saying that right. I'm not going to try it again. Shout out to that guy. But yeah, I just wanted to get your take, Miles. This makes his 19th Grand Slam title, Djokovic that is. Do you think he's the GOAT of tennis? So just for a little bit of background, everybody, I used to pretty much just grow up watching Federer and Nadal. Those were the two best tennis players I ever seen play. It was always usually them in the finals. Andy Murray used to be up there a lot. And then Djokovic came around. Djokovic is world-class, grandmaster, whatever you want to call this guy. He's, he's the best. Most of the head-to-heads, he's, he's went, he has more wins over Nadal and Federer than they have against him. And th- those are obviously the two other goats. I think they both have 20 Grand Slam titles apiece. I think Nadal yeah. might have one last year. Yeah, okay, yeah, they got the same. And um, I think Djokovic is one below them now, and he's still in his prime, still he dominates everybody. He spent the longest time as the world's number one player. Me and Chris were talking about this. He's got the best, one of the best return games probably ever. He makes, doesn't make many errors. He's great court coverage. And he hit this sick drop shot against this other gentleman. I can't, I'm not even going to try and pronounce his name. Stefanos. Sorry. Can't pronounce the name, but yeah, he had this crazy drop shot that it was just unbelievable. And he's just a world-class. Um, and I, I, I do think he's the goat and Federer is my guy. I've always watched Federer, but I, I think Djokovic, he, he's consistently been the best that I've seen. Yeah. I mean, I got to agree, man. I was always in the doll guy personally, just my dad was a big Federer guy. He was the person that got me started watching tennis and he would always be telling me about this Federer guy, but it seemed like every final he was going up against the doll. And I was like, ah, I just want the doll to beat him. So my dad, so I can be like, ha, ah, you know, I'm a, I'm a Nadal fan. You're a Federer guy. And it was, they had good battles, like you said. And then Djokovic came through and he's just incredible, man. Every surface, if you don't know, they play on, they play on clay, grass, and then the hard court at the U.S. Open and Australian. So they play on different surfaces. Nadal, usually the French Open is his because the clay court, he's one of the best of all time on the clay, maybe the best all-time player on the clay. So with that, Djokovic, he beat him this year. I know Nadal's starting to get a little up there in the age. The injuries kind of hindered him these last few years, but – I've got to say Djokovic is the GOAT right now. He's only one behind in majors. I think he could easily pass that this year. 
he's going to be favored to win the rest of the Grand Slam tournaments this year. It's crazy. Like you said, his court coverage to me is just amazing. Not only does he chase down shots that you don't think he's going to be able to get there, and then he doesn't just get there. He returns an incredible shot back. It's just like, what are you supposed to do? This guy, Sissipas, I'm going to try to say it one more time. He played an incredible match today, man. He was hitting incredible shots himself, and it just wasn't enough. He got up two sets to love, like I said, and then the last three sets was just pure domination from Djokovic. Gutsy performance. Didn't think he was going to be able to pull it out after the tough match he had already had with Nadal, but that's what goats do, man. They when when you doubt them, they show you again why they're great. So that's all I got on Djokovic right now. Yeah, and um, just to speak on Federer, he had to withdraw from the French Open. He didn't lose. I think he just had to withdraw due to injuries. He had been going through a bunch of knee surgeries the last few tournaments, so he hasn't been a part of those. Unfortunately, like like Nadal, Federer is getting old. He's getting up there in age, and he just I think he withdrew honestly just for precautionary reasons. So, I mean, yeah. I, I know there's I know there's a couple other guys out there in tennis that are super high level. Can't really remember the names right now off the top of my head, but they're they're out there. But yeah, it's looking like Djokovic is gonna just dominate this year. I think he's gonna do the Grand Slam, meaning you win all four majors within the same calendar year. I think he's gonna do that, assuming he doesn't get injured. So, yeah, shout out to Djokovic. He's he's amazing. He's just I like to look at him as just like a grandmaster. He's no weakness, and he's beaten the other grandmasters constantly. So, yeah. And just last thing, because it's a one-on-one sport, I was going to say it's yeah. pretty easy to decipher who's better because they have to go against each other, especially at that high of a level. Those are going to be the guys that you're going to have to beat to win the championship. So, obviously, he's done it. We think he's going to do it more times. And just the GOAT, even though I'm, I'm not going to lie, I'm not the biggest Djokovic fan. It's just you got to acknowledge what he's doing. You can't hate on it. Yeah, exactly. But, yeah, from there, we can talk about one more sport before we get to basketball. That's the UFC. These dudes going crazy in the ring right now. I'm pretty sure there was a seven-second knockout this weekend. But I'm going to let Miles touch on that because he's more of the UFC guy. So, yeah, what, what you got? Yeah, so uh, first first fight on the, main, uh, on the main card, I believe, yeah, like you said, it was a seven-second knockout. I can't remember the guy's name because he's not a super well-known UFC fighter. But, yeah, he just – just punched like I think it was like third or fourth punch maybe he just knocked the dude out cold and then just finished him with them a little bit of ground and pound and just solidify his victory so that shout out to whoever that guy was I know he's probably going to make a name for himself and and start getting some bigger fights but the three main fights two of them were title fights Leon Edwards Nate Diaz fought the third to last fight I think this was a just a five-round fight Leon Edwards pretty much dominated Nate Diaz all the whole whole fight Leon Edwards is on like a nine-fight win streak, so he's pretty much dominating. Looks like he's in line for a title shot against Kamaru Usman. If not him, then I think Kobe Covington will have that one. But Leon Edwards is a beast, and he's definitely a force to be reckoned with. We had Brandon Moreno go against Davison Figueroa. Their last fight, they actually drew, so they were pretty much evenly matched. It was just a great competition. I mean, that's that was the kind of fight that you want to see their, their previous fight. And, and this one, Moreno got the best of uh, Figueroa. I think he got him in a submission so shout out to that guy he was the first mexican ufc champion ever so he definitely making a name for himself and putting on for his country 
Yeah, that's and, big. Um, yeah, that's huge. And he and and you should just see his exuberance like after the fight. Like he was just he was just so proud of himself, and it, it, was, just, it was just great to see. Yeah. So and then for the main for the main event, it was Adesanya versus uh, Marvin Vittori, who was trying to become the first Italian UFC champion. Fell short, obviously. Adesanya is a beast. He's on a three fight win streak in title fights, not including the, when he won the title against uh, Robert Whitaker. But yeah, he, he, he dominated every round, one, one, one unanimous decision, 50 to 45. So he clearly won every round and just dominated like most people expected him to. So shout out to him, one of the top pound for pound fighters in the world. Yeah, that Adesanya dude's a beast. I remember his last fight a few months ago was, I think he was fighting like a better competition and yeah, I think he, he was fighting knock the dude out i think yeah he did he did, actually no he did, he lost in his last fight but he tried to go and challenge the light heavyweight champion and he oh lost to that. okay yeah he lost to that guy that. Yeah. yeah yeah it was the one, yeah against paulo costa he did dominate him and everyone thought paulo costa was going to be the guy to knock him off and he just knocked him out cold and yeah it was he, he's an amazing fighter great kickboxer and great striker kind of weak ground game amongst the ufc fighters but nothing to nothing that he couldn't handle so shout out to him for defending his title again yeah definitely ufc is really starting to pick up more fans and stuff so hey if, if that's what the people want we're going to talk about it more i've been getting into it a little bit more not really splurging on the pay-per-views right now it's not really no, my going, lane yeah and for all you guys you can just go on youtube and the seconds after the fight happens and pretty much see all the full-length highlights if you got a fire fire stick, use whatever app you got and you can see the fights for free. So hundred percent. That's that's where I've been at right now. YouTube yeah. seeing some cool stuff and some knockouts, some kind of gruesome stuff too, with yeah. the way it's people's brutal. arms and legs sometimes bend like they're not supposed to. Mm-hmm. But, brutal sport, man. So I just wreck the guys that go out there and do it because you got to be a little bit crazy to go out and fight someone that has equal fighting ability as you do. That's pretty wild to me. 100%, bro. Brutal sport for sure. But from there, we can move on, talk about these NBA playoffs that we've been covering for the last few weeks here. The first thing I thought we should talk about here, because we had a little disagreement this past week, and that was, People were comparing Luka Doncic to Larry Bird. Me and Alex kind of thought that was a little crazy, but Miles seems to have a different take. So yeah. I'll let you go first, Miles. You can tell the people why that's not such a crazy thing. I don't believe it's such a crazy take. So this is where I'm coming from. We can't compare their careers because it's it's not even comparable. Larry Bird's obviously a three-time MVP, three-time champion, dominated when Magic was dominating. But um just as far as just pure numbers and just the eye test, I mean, I, I don't know how you could argue that Luca doesn't look just as good. I mean, he, he's been pretty much incredible in the uh, first two playoff series that he's ever played in. Pretty much going out there, getting 40 points, like it's nothing really. And he did that last year, hit a clutch shot, hit a game winner against the Clippers, or I think it was against the Clippers last year. I don't remember who Dallas played last year in the first round, but I know he had hit a huge shot. I'm pretty sure it was against the Clippers. But anyways, I mean, he's like, just based on what we've seen, we haven't really seen anyone in their first two years put up, or three years put up the numbers Doncic has. I don't think Larry Bird put up those numbers. And obviously we can't, it's hard to compare eras. More sh- people shoot a little bit more in today's game. But just based on the numbers and just the just the raw ability of 
Doncic, I don't think it's a crazy comparison at all. Now, if we would just want to c- compare accolades, then you're right. You guys would be right. There's no comparison. But just as far as when I watch him play, when I seen Larry Bird play, I mean, like they're both just amazing. When we seen what Doncic did in the playoffs this year, was getting forty, getting a forty piece on the regular, with with ten plus rebounds, ten plus assists, getting fourteen dimes. I mean. I know people have like this nostalgia about NBA legends and it's just like, oh, how could anyone ever be better than these guys? But that's just not the way I look at it. I mean, I look at it as players are evolving. Players are going to continue to get better and to find ways to just keep getting better over time. So that's just why I think the comparison is not that crazy. And Luka Doncic might be a lot better because I think we can all agree he'll probably get a few MVPs throughout his career. I mean, dude's only, what, 22? Mm-hmm. And he's already already fighting for a top five position or top five player in the league so yeah i mean as far as the 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 talent level coming in out yeah obviously the skill gap is much much different back in the day when larry bird came in to it is now everybody in the nba now is more skilled than they were coming in or there's they're more skilled coming in now than they were back in the 80s there's no there's no question about that it bugs me that people invite dude who can ball and like Luka Doncic can ball, obviously. They just immediately compare them to Larry Bird. And it, I maybe people didn't just automatically assume because he's white. But if if we're going to make comparisons, why not make it to not just Larry Bird? Why not to make it to everybody else? And Larry Bird came in averaging 21 right off the bat in the 80s when the game was played at a much slower pace, when there was only being 80 points scored a game. And he was still shooting a very good percentage. And people didn't know how to stop him. Larry Bird literally played a game left-handed just because he could. I don't know if this is accurate or not, but that's the legend. That's the myth. Yeah, no, I'm pretty sure he did that. Yeah, yeah he no, played a game left-handed and dropped, he definitely did he that. dropped yeah, 30. He definitely did that. And he was shooting at a very high percentage. Back then, when the, it was a lot harder to score, there wasn't as much spacing. Uh, and and you, he just, you just didn't take that many threes. I mean, looking, looking here, he only averaged two three-pointers game for his career. Now, Luca and Luca and his first three seasons averages eight threes a game attempts. Of and course, look, he's going to. Let me piggyback off that too, because yeah, total three-pointers attempted in Larry Bird's career, he attempted one thousand seven hundred and twenty-seven, and right now in three years. Luka Doncic has attempted 1,603. So wow. he's attempted about 100 less three-pointers in a, not even a third of the time, about a quarter of the time played. Yeah. So it's a completely different game. Yeah. And if, so, of course, you know, that's going to inflate the scoring numbers. My whole thing is, is Luka Doncic is so young. He's only 22 or 21, actually. He, he played three years in the league. Larry Bird has, has 13 seasons. And like you say, not to, not to compare the careers or anything, but I just don't I just don't see how people can make that comparison immediately. Like obviously, I think Luka Doncic has potential to surpass Larry Bird. There's no I don't think there's any debating that. Yeah. But for people to compare him now to what Larry Bird was in his prime, I just think it's disrespectful. But it's like I, to me, I feel it's disrespectful to ignore what, even though they did, they lost in this series. Like it's disrespectful to just ignore what Doncic did. I yeah, mean, I mean Doncic was, is putting up forty. Yeah, I, I get it. And, he, there, and there's this two there's years not, in a row. Yeah, there's not the many playoffs. people in NBA history that have ever done anything like that. Yeah. So and and then you going back to like like their race, it's just like 
I get where you're coming from. Like, yeah, they are both just, they're two white guys. And I think we can all agree that Larry Bird is probably the best white player to ever play in the NBA. But we all know yeah. that the NBA is around over 70% black athletes. So we kind of see like 80. Yeah. yeah. So we see where the disparity yeah. is. And like, I, I like to use a track and field. Like, it's the same kind of thing. Most of the top sprinters in the world, actually the top runners in the world for any, any race, they're going to be most likely black athletes. And then it's like, you see one guy in the 100 meter final and he's a white guy. It's like, whoa, like yeah. this guy is literally the fastest white guy in the world, like, or ever, like yeah. the fastest white guy. So I get what you're saying. Like it, maybe it doesn't have, they don't have to make that comparison just because they're white, but I mean, it's still something notable. You can't just ignore it. It is kind of what it is. I mean, cause we, we can't really compare Doncic to LeBron. Like he, he's just. No, but you can compare him to somebody else in the top 10. That doesn't and, have to be Larry Bird. But it's like, yeah, but it's like you can make the argument Doncic's uh, numbers, first first numbers in the league were just as good as LeBron's were. I mean, but he's he's just not the athlete LeBron was. He he didn't have that just just given ability to. He he plays off of just straight smart skills, slows the game down. Can can that and, and that's why I give Doncic so much credit. He slows the game down at such a young age. He's been playing pro ball since he was sixteen. Yeah. I think Larry Bird went to three years in college and that took him time to develop. I mean, Doncic had like had this, like he's like one of those prodigy kind of people. Yeah, I mean so Larry Bird. I mean, I mean they the did the league until he was 23. That was his that's what I'm, 23. I was gonna say, I mean, the Celtics did so, also so is, take him a year before he was eligible to even play in the NBA due to the rules back then. That's how they got him. They picked him while he still was going back to college. So I don't think that that's really a knock against him. It shows that he was already great and he was great as soon as he stepped in the league. So. Yeah. Yeah. No, it's not, it's not a knock against him. I'm, I'm just saying like, we, I, I still think we got it. I know this new school guy, but like, we still got to give these guys the credit where credit is due. I mean, it is what it is. I mean, Doncic said when he came into the NBA, it's like, he's like, this is easy. <laughs> he literally said, this is easier than playing pro ball, like overseas. So, I mean, I, 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 mean, I, I don't think say that. he still compare. hasn't I mean, been out of the first round. So it's obviously not that easy. I mean, it, uh, yeah, speaking on Doncic again, um, I just think it's not that crazy of a comparison. Yeah, I, I guess we are kind of comparing the two, arguably maybe two of the best white players to ever play the game, um, assuming Doncic's career plays out the way it's playing out. I, ju I just don't think it's like, it's just like disrespectful to compare. Like, it's not, it's not that disrespectful. I mean, the dude's putting up historical numbers that we've never seen from someone this age. So you can't argue against that. Yes, they played in different age, uh, different eras. Yes, the game is they 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 get more shots up, more threes up. But I mean, it is what it is. You can't hold him back for that. Yeah, no, I mean, I, I right. I, I think he has possibly more talent than Larry Bird. I could agree and with he, that. And he's probably going to end up being better talent-wise than Larry Bird. Whether he gets the the rings and the MVPs and the different accolades that Larry Bird got is a different discussion. You know, he's not he's never going to be the shooter that Larry Bird was. I mean, Larry Bird, that's what I wanted to bring up. Like I said, he only shot two threes a game throughout his career. And but whenever he would go to the, the three point contest, he would all, he would win. People considered him the greatest shooter of all time before Ray, before Reggie Miller and Ray Allen and all these guys. And obviously, Steph and Clay and all these guys now. But yeah, so I, as far as like an overall be, better talent, I think Doncic has the potential to do it. I just think it's a little early for people to make the comparisons. That's all. I mean, I think three seasons is a pretty good sample size, though. Yeah, and I was just two, gonna, and two playoff series. Yeah, I mean, I was for me, I was just gonna say, like, about the comparison thing. I get what Alex is saying about like why do we just have to compare him to the 
only other great white guy that we could think of that played similar position. But I get it. I mean, to me, I think it's kind of human nature that that's kind of the first place your mind goes when you see another great white wing player. It's like, oh, my gosh, he could be the next Larry Bird. Like, it's literally like the first thing you think. So I get the comparisons, but I really don't get them if we're talking about like a just pure basketball sense. They don't really play similar styles, in my opinion, at all. Uh, Larry Bird was, like we said, he was regarded as the greatest shooter. His percentages for his career are, well, pretty much 38% from three, 50% from the field, yeah, and 89% from the free throw line. Luka Doncic right now, 46% from the field, 33% from three, and 74% at the line. So, obviously, Larry was the better shooter. Way better rebounder, too. He actually averaged 10 rebounds for his career. Uh, Luka Doncic is at eight, though. Yeah, so, I was about to say, let me say for the re- – I don't think the rebounds like that – the rebounds kind of are okay. what they are. I mean, when you play that – when you play as many minutes as these guys do and, like, Luka being 6-7 as well, I mean, he's going to fall into eight rebounds almost every game. So, like like his average yeah. says, like that – I don't, they, I don't, do, don't, they do shoot more in today's game, too. You yeah. more shots taken per game. Yeah, I mean, I, just in terms of Larry Bird, though, like the first six years of his career, he averaged a double-double with rebounds. I just think it shows he was playing a lot closer to the basket most times. He actually was playing like a forward inside role, even though he could shoot. He, his defense yeah. was at the rim, really. Right. And the, the seasons he didn't average 10, you know, he had 9.8, 9.2, 9.3, 9.5, 9.6. Like he was right there. Yeah. See, I, so. I, I consider it like, okay, if they, if one averages 10.1 rebounds and the other guy averages like 8.9, like to me, that's not like, sure, it's, one, it, t- 10 is better than 8.9, but like it's, it's pretty much even if you really mm-hmm. look at it, it's not that big of a, dis- a discrepancy. Now, I think when you get into like the assists and the playmaking, that kind of can show a little bit more of like your playmaking ability, your, your, your ability to control the whole entire game on offense and, and control the, your opponent on defense, obviously. So I think that's huge and why Luke is so special. When you watch him play, he's not rushed in any way. He's very composed, and you don't see that from a lot of young players. And he's, he's got it. I mean, it, it's just hard to – I mean, he really could end up being one of the greatest basketball players ever. Like, if, he, if he's on this trajectory, I mean, he averaged 21 in his first NBA season, and now he's averaging 27 and 28. Like, it's, it's hard to argue that. I mean – I, I just think he's just not going to be the athlete that some of these other greats are, like LeBron, KD. Like, he's not, like, the athlete, so he doesn't have that dynamic to his game. But, but just as far as him being able to kind of more under-the-rim kind of player and just point guard, point forward kind of role, like, he, he does it all. He's, he's, he's like LeBron. He's just like the Swiss Army knife. He just really does it all. Yeah. I mean, look, for me, I don't think it's that close of a comparison right now. Luka Doncic is going to have to do a lot a lot more first in terms of winning Larry Bird in his second season actually won the championship and you could say oh it's the Celtics but I I went back and looked and none of the people that were on the roster for the championship before that were on the same roster in 1981 so it had a lot to do with him coming in turning around the team the two years before that they weren't very good that's why they were picking a little bit higher in the draft so I mean Look, he came in two years in, they won the championship. Larry Bird was already regarded as 
the best white player. Then he had the rivalry with Magic Johnson. I don't think anybody realized, but in the 80s, there was not a single NBA Finals that didn't include Larry Bird or Magic Johnson or both, usually both. Got three championships, three MVPs. He was the best player in the league for three seasons straight because he won the MVP every year for three years. Don't think that's been done since. Honestly, don't know if it will be done with the amount of great players that we have in the league. So just some of the things that he did, I don't think that Luka Doncic is going to be able to have that same level of dominance over his competition. And that's usually where I go when I consider who's better across the eras. Yeah, I guess my rebuttal to that would be I I don't think I don't think Larry Bird is going up against as many great teams and as many different great players as Doncic is going up at at this time. Like, okay, right? He was going up against Magic, one of the arguably top five all time. That's one guy. But I mean, there wasn't really anybody else notable. There wasn't Michael Jordan. (laughs) There wasn't. There wasn't Michael. Michael Michael Jordan came in in eighty four. Before Michael. Before Michael Jordan, there wasn't Dr. J. There wasn't Isaiah uh, Isaiah Thomas, Dominique. But they but but they never dominated. They never dominated the league like these like Kevin Durant, Stephen Curry, LeBron. Like they never dominated the league. Like Dr. J. Like he they did not dominate the league like that. And then and then we also got to look. You got to you got to go back. They would they would Mm. have if if Larry Bird wasn't there. Or if Magic wasn't there, or if Magic I mean, wasn't there, Mag- Magic Magic was eating at the same time Larry Bird was. So yeah, they were going but, back and forth, right? But and but we also got to look at who Larry Bird played with. I mean, he's playing with Kevin McHale, one of the best power forwards of all time. You got Danny Ainge, one of the best shooters at the time. I mean, these and I don't even think these guys would even be that great in today's game. Like, let's be real. Like, some of these guys wouldn't even be that good. They'd be like a like a well at their current at at their skill level when they were playing sure but they wouldn't right. be that because they would have been trained at a higher level than the way they were trained at exactly. back then right but I'm, I'm just saying like i think that the celtics in 85 86 i think when larry bird was winning like it, it's he just has a bet he just had a better team so obviously he's going to see more success like like it's like i feel like a lot of people just like oh it's basketball one player makes such a yeah that that's true but Still, you, you got to have the best team to win. It the is best. still the it is still a team sport. There's no question and, and about the, it. The, the Mavericks aren't what the Celtics were at the time. Like they're just not. They there's teams that are eat, they're eating right now. There's other teams that are even going to eat before Doncic. Like it's it's. I mean, look, the, the I don't think the the Celtics won their first title or their title with Larry Bird until what 83, 84, I believe was the first one. 80, 81. Oh, 80, 81 Second year in the league. Oh yeah. wow. Okay. Uh, yeah. So you mean but you're right? Like, nope. But nobody's doing that now. Nobody's winning as the best player in the league, that winning in their second year in the league. That's just that's just not happening anymore, because the game the game has changed. I mean, there's 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 so much there's so much more competition, and so I I get what you're saying. I'm not, I'm not they had say Dr. J. Because I think I, I, just, I think like what like we talked about earlier, those teams, those those perennial powerhouses that were very good for a long time. I mean, there were, they didn't even have hall of fame talent. Like the bucks were very good in the eighties with Sidney Moncrief as the, the defensive player of the year, multiple times, best, best defender in the eighties for a lot of people. Uh, there were a bunch of other teams like that, that people don't talk about who were very good. And Larry Bird just absolutely dominated and magic dominated. And yeah, so I don't, I'm, I don't, I disagree that 
the competition back then wasn't what it is now. I, I mean, there isn't. Better too, I think I think the players are better now, but I don't think so the competition. That's the competition. That the players are the competition. well, the players no, on I'm, your I'm, team are also the, not every, as good too. I'm, that I'm like saying every single in? right, every single player in the league now would be better than teams back then, except like the all-time yeah. greats like Magic or Larry or Dr. J or whoever, whoever. So that, that's my point. Is I I think the competition is was very good for the 80s and i'm not going to say that it was a cakewalk for any of those teams because it wasn't and it's and 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 it's going to be yeah it's going to be as hard to win today as it was back then i i, I disagree with that but I, I see i see where you're coming from yeah i personally think it's easier to win a championship nowadays because you can control your own free agency you can choose what yeah, teams players you go have to. so much more power now and it's you know, it's good or, you know, it depends on your opinion, but. And it depends on the, the rest of the competition. So, yeah, let's say one team gets all the good players. Now it's just that's going to be so much harder for the other teams to to do good because you're just going to have one powerhouse team that's just going to dominate. So the but competition's I mean, always going to be such a, at a higher level. There was level. always a powerhouse team, though. Like the Celtics were a powerhouse. Yeah. The Bulls were a powerhouse. The yeah, Lakers were a powerhouse. Okay, and and you couldn't go to the another team. And that's you what had I'm to saying. stay the with the Hawks if you're Dominique right. Wilkins. Yeah, there was no free agency. I, I get what you're saying, but it's just like Luca is not on a powerhouse team. He he's, he's just not at that point not in his yet. career yet. Yeah, not not yet, and I'm sure he will be at some point, and we'll see him probably collab with some other great players. But at this time, like who, who yeah, Kristaps Porzingis, like what was he supposed to do with these guys? He's going up against the Clippers right now. Right, like, but that's not what we're saying. We're not saying that he, that Larry is better because of his success in the league. We're just saying that the competition back then is the same as the competition is now in terms of in terms of everybody is. being equal. It is what it is. I feel like with with that, I feel yeah, like I, I just players can that, win the championship they yeah. want. If yeah, KD, but, but but like I said, we're not multiple talk- teams that have been great now. Yeah, but like I said, we're not comparing careers, though. We're because, like I said, like I mentioned at first, we're not comparing careers because there, there's no comparison right now. No, we're just yeah, talking right. about what we're just talking about what we see on the court. They're built. They're just their basketball ability on the court. I think it's not crazy to compare them. That's just my point. I, I mean, think Luka Doncic at the end of his career will have will have will be a more talented player than Larry Bird. Whether he's better as an overall player and 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 surpasses him all time is another discussion. And I'd, yeah. I I don't think it's really. I, I give it like a 20% chance that Luka Doncic finishes his career with a better career than Larry Bird. I would probably agree with that too. I don't, I don't think he's going to pass Larry Bird personally. I don't know, man. Just me. I think Larry Bird has that Clippers team down 0-2 this year. He's putting that series away. And I know it's not a knock against Luka. He played great, but now we're nitpicking and comparing to all-time greats. I, I think we'd yeah. be hard-pressed to find a series where Larry Bird was up 2-0 and on the road and coming back home, there's no way. Uh-uh. No. So he's got to do more. Like I said, he could do more and he could pass him eventually, but he's just got to do more right now. But still, I mean, like I said, players aren't coming and winning the championship their second year in the league. Like, he's still doing everything he can. Like, he, like I'm just, we're just talking about just raw ability, not even like just team, not even just team success. We're just talking about just raw individual ability, right? We're just comparing Luka Doncic to Larry Bird, and yeah. obviously at we the can't end of his the- career, right? I, I, like, I, like, okay. I think he could be I more mean, talented than Larry Bird, but- right? I, I don't, I don't know if he'll have a better career than Larry Bird. I, right. I definitely can't promise that. So I mean, that, that's not I the mean, argument I'm trying to make. We could go with that too, Miles. Just quickly, I wanted to say 
Like, if you're just comparing raw talent, I think Larry Bird was the better shooter. I think that's pretty obvious. I think he was the better defender. Just off the eye score, test of what I see. I think it's about a push. Right now, their career averages are about the same, even though Luka Doncic's usage rate is about 36%, and Larry Bird's was only about 25 Yeah, so a different position. That's what I'm saying. You got to take all these things in consideration. I think yeah. Larry Bird, better rebounder, defender, shooter. I don't know. Luka Doncic is probably – Luka Doncic definitely different. got playmaking. Yeah, dribbling for sure, but the passing Larry Bird was very good passer too. Doncic yeah. is still dishing like 15 assists. And That's because he's the game. primary ball handler. Larry Bird was exactly. not. Exactly. The usage rate yeah. would, would account yeah, but, for some of that. But I'm saying, yeah, but it's like I feel like y'all are trying to hold that against him. That's just the position he plays, and that's just what he that's just what his role is on. No, his I'm just team. saying but it, that doesn't mean should, that you're better at something. I just don't I just don't think that's right. Just like the rebounding, because right. he averages one more rebound, doesn't mean he's a better rebounder. It's just well, I mean, the 10 passing to goes. eight is is like two, but Sure. As far as the passing I mean, goes, I don't think we should we should take it uh, against Larry Bird that he averaged six assists for his career, where Luca was at seven point seven, right? When, yeah, when Luca was the primary ball handler and Larry Bird wasn't. Exactly. So Larry Bird just might have not had that ability to be a primary ball handler. He just had a different. He just had a different role. I think he did. It was just the way the game was played back then. I mean, he he wasn't the yeah. ball, primary ball but, handler, yeah, and he, that, was, yeah. he still averaged six assists for his career. Yeah, I mean, you're playing out there 40 minutes and you're the main guy on the team. Yeah, you're going to just run into six assists. That's not like Stephen Curry. Know. I don't so, know. I don't know. What about, what about Curry. Kyrie Irving? Kyrie Irving has never averaged more than five assists in his career. Okay, five to six. I mean, it's, it's the same thing pretty much. Like it's not He's never five. averaged more than five, so he's always yeah, Larry four. Bird's four to six is a difference. Seasons of way higher than yeah. that. Yeah, so like Kyrie's, I, I'm, just, I'm just saying, I'm just saying, like you just said that, if you're a primary ball handler or whatever, it's just going to be easy to get assists. It's just, it's not. But there, but that, but that's just another skill set that he has, which Larry Bird didn't display. Like you can't, they, yeah, you can say, oh, that wasn't his role, but he, he just didn't do it. Like it, it is what it is. Like he, he just didn't, he wasn't a playmaker like that. That I'm but sure. I think he, he, I'm sure. I'm, I think he, he just was said a Larry Bird wasn't a playmaker. He like, wasn't, wasn't a playmaker. Like, you, you gotta watch. No, no, no. Like, like he wasn't I a, he go wasn't, back and watch. He wasn't I've a point guard. He wasn't right. a point guard in the traditional aspect, but he was a playmaker. He knew how to get people the yeah. ball, and he that, that's why he averaged six assists for his career when he didn't handle the ball as the primary yeah. ball handler, as the point guard. As but the he could still the handle offense. the ball. Like, yeah, yeah, like, he yeah. couldn't dribble. No, no. <laughs> like, no but he, he wasn't. He, he was wasn't a playmaker. Like, he wasn't like no. Playmaking was yeah, one that, was a yeah, big part like, of yeah, dribbling like Kyrie. Like, come on. His dribbling wasn't nothing. Larry Bird dribbling was nothing special at all. Like, we never said it was, but – you said he's he, you just said he, he said wasn't, he a, wasn't playmaker. a playmaker. That was you, what you lit, said. Okay, not he wasn't like that's not what his main role was. He wasn't like a playmaker, like he wasn't like a point guard playmaker, get everyone involved type thing. He was a score, he was a scorer, uh, get in the post, and then you dish it off to the big man if if, if double team comes is open. Like, sure. Like if that's what you guys like, but I'm saying like Luke Doncic is bringing the ball up, he's he's being hounded by the, the other team's best defender all the time. He's, he's still running the offense. He's slowing the game down. He's controlling the tempo at almost all times of the, any given game. Playoffs, regular season, doesn't matter. And he's 22. I'm just saying, wait, wait, wait till he gets – like I said, we're not comparing careers. Wait till he gets a little bit deeper. And I'm, I'm telling you, it's not going to be a crazy comparison at all, in my, in my view. Look, in, in five years, he could be a more talented player than Larry Bird. I, I, think, that's very, I think that's very likely. But he won't be but, greater. But he won't be a greater player. We'll see. He's got plenty of time. He got plenty of time. Yeah. Yeah. 
I guess we can leave it there for now. Let us know on Instagram, TikTok, what you guys think about this one. What side are you on with the Larry Bird, Luka Doncic talk? If you made it this far, thanks for vibing with us. We had some technical difficulty with our audio this week, but we're getting that fixed. We'll be ready for the next episode. Hope to see you all there.